G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Sometimes people think, oh, if I do what the Bible says, I'm going to be so miserable because the sinners have all the fun. You know, that's a gigantic lie the devil has told so many people. Pastor Greg Laurie says that sin has a very high price tag. There is fun in sin momentarily, but oh man, the penalties are brutal. You can have a happy life without sin. God is not out to ruin your life. He's out to bless your life and to fulfill you, but you need to do it His way. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. None of us are unaware of sin's attraction. Each of us have fallen victim to its trap at some point, and so many have experienced the disaster that often follows. Sin looks good through the windshield, but it's a bad memory in the rearview mirror. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings us a cold, hard look at sin and how to resist its foothold in our lives. We're in the book of Nehemiah today, discovering how we can each experience a personal, spiritual revival. make a distinction between two words that are often used interchangeably. Revival and awakening. Here's what it comes down to. America needs a spiritual awakening. The church needs a revival. An awakening is when God sovereignly pours out His Spirit and it impacts a culture. That's what happened in the Jesus Revolution. That's what happened in multiple spiritual awakenings in the history of America, predating uh, us being established as a country. But a revival, that is what the church must experience. It's when the church comes back to life. When the church becomes what it was always meant to be. It's a returning to passion. Well, before us here in Nehemiah 8 is a national revival. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1. When the people assembled with unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate, they asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. And on October 8th, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and the women and the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate. From early morning to noon, he read aloud to everyone who could understand. And the people listened closely to the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. And to his right stood, and there's a bunch of people that stood to his right and left, And I'll let you review those names later because I can't pronounce all of those names. And Ezra stood on the platform in full view of the people and when they saw them open the book, they all rose to their feet. 
We'll stop there. So this was a full-blown revival. Here are the people. And they're standing there. And Ezra has God's word for them. He shares God's word. Look at verse 3. All the people listen closely to the book of Allah. I can't tell you how much of a difference it makes between a group of people that want to hear God's word and a group of people that don't. And people are not exactly subtle, by the way. How about the yawning out loud move? I love this one. I'll say, all right, well, let's turn in our Bibles too and I'll look up and someone does this. <laughs> really? Could you not even kind of suppress the yawn? And then when you close your eyes and fold your hands, I know you're not praying. Okay, forget it. I'm not buying the prayer deal. You're taking a nap. I understand that. Oh, but when people are hungry for God's word, when you say, turn your Bibles to, I love it when people lunge. Let's get the Bible up. And they're flipping through it. That sound of the rustling of Bible pages, the sweetest sound I know. And so these people wanted to hear Ezra. Now I know preachers go long. <laughs> But know this, Ezra went for hours, hours, and the people stood the whole time, said, don't complain about my long sermons again. <laughs> and they listened. They listened closely, is what we read. They listened closely. The story is told of President Calvin Coolidge, who attended church one Sunday. So he came home after, and his wife said, so Cal, what did the preacher talk about today? President Coolidge said, uh, he talked about sin. I think. She said, well, what did he say? President Coolidge said, um, I think he's against it. Yeah, that's a guy who was not listening, okay? You know, sometimes after church, I'll talk to people and they'll say, a good sermon today, pastor. I'll say, well, thank you. What did you like in particular about it? Then they look at you, deer in the headlamps, right? <laughs> Your story about the dog, you know, whatever. Sometimes I'll see they have notes. I say, excuse me, can I look at your notes? Go ahead. And then I, I read with, I love that because then I see what people are picking up on. Did they get the point I was actually making? And why are you writing? I dislike this preacher. Make him stop God. Make him stop now. Yeah, so, you know, it's really coming down to how we listen. We, we put a lot of pressure on preachers delivering the goods. We expect them to do it. And I think they should work at their craft and their gifting and the delivery of a message. But there's also a place for prepared listeners. There's a right and there's a wrong way to listen. The way you engage, taking notes is a good way to retain information. Point number two, you're having revival when people spontaneously and passionately worship God. You're having revival when people passionately and spontaneously worship God. Look at verse six. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people said, amen, amen. And they lifted their hands and they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You know, a hearty amen goes a long way when someone's speaking. Amen? amen. Now, why do we even say that? Amen means so be it. I agree. Right on. I'm down with that. True that, however you want to frame it. It's right, yes, yes. Now you don't have to scream it. You know, some people, amen, and it freaks the preacher out, you know. But just like, amen, amen. Yeah, that resonated with me, amen. That's what the people are doing. Amen, amen. And he opens the word of God to them. I want to point out three things that are very important that we'll explore for a few moments and then we'll end the message. 
but there are three things that happen here uh, as the people react to God's word. Number one, they understood the word of God, verses one to eight. They understood the word of God. Number two, they rejoiced in the word of God, verses nine to 12. And number three, they obeyed the word of God, verses 13 to 18. So they, they heard it, they understood it, they rejoiced in it, and they also obeyed it. And so this is something that's very important as we hear God's word. Because listen, God is gonna come to us through scripture. Sometimes people say, I never know the will of God. Read the Bible and you will. Read the Bible and you will. I don't mean that a verse is gonna jump out and tell you if you should buy the red or the green dress after church. The Bible doesn't deal with things like that. It gives us principles. It gives us principles we govern our life by and the Holy Spirit helps us to know how to apply those principles in day-to-day -day situations and it'll give you the wisdom you need when you need it. But as you immerse yourself in God's word, you'll learn to start thinking biblically and understand what it says. And Jesus says, behold in the volume of the book I've come. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the author of the Bible. Uh, the Bible is the autobiography of God. So as I read scripture, I discover Him. Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. We're in the book of Nehemiah today for Pastor Greg's message, How to Have a Personal Spiritual Revival. Let's continue. Number two, we must be convicted by the Word of God. So first we understand the Word of God, but we must be convicted by it. Look at Nehemiah 8, 8. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, don't weep for such a time as this. Today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. And the people began weeping as they listened to the law of God. Listen, sometimes we have a false idea of how scripture and even church should impact us. You know, we want to be blessed, never convicted. We want to be happy, never sad. We say, don't beat me down in church. Lift me up. I want to be inspired. I want to be encouraged. I want to walk out of here happy. Well, hold on now, buckaroo. <laughs> Let's determine your spiritual condition first. See, I don't want you to be happy if you're living in sin. So there may need to be that conviction of the Holy Spirit who will show you what your sin is so you can repent of it and then walk out truly happy. Because the Bible says, blessed or happy is the man whose sin is forgiven. So Ezra is actually saying, come on guys, it's time to rejoice, be happy because the Lord has forgiven you. One final point, we must obey the word of God. They understood the word of God, they rejoiced in the word of God, and they obeyed the word of God. As the people heard God speak to them through Ezra, they realized they had missed something. Something the scripture had told them to do. And among these things was going outside, building structures out of branches and leaves, and having a time where they were living out in the open air in thankfulness to God for all that he had done for them. And the result of their obedience was great joy, verse 17. Here's my point. Sometimes people think, oh, if I do what the Bible says, I'm gonna be so miserable. 
because the sinners have all the fun. They get to do all the cool stuff, do whatever they want. Do the sinners really have more fun? Now hold on. They have fun sometimes, don't they? Otherwise we'd never sin, would we? There is fun in sin momentarily. But oh man, the penalties are brutal. And sometimes they're lethal as they close in on your life and you face the repercussions of that. And so this is something that we need to think about. But here's the deal. God in His Word says, don't do this. Do this instead of that thing. And He says, if you do these things, you'll find happiness. Luke eleven twenty eight says, happy are those that hear the Word of God and keep it. You can have a happy life without sin. You can have a happy life without sex outside of marriage, without drugs or alcohol, without selfishness. God is not out to ruin your life. He's out to bless your life and to fulfill you, but you need to do it His way. Say amen. amen. So you gotta do it. It comes down to you. Here's all these things God wants to do for you. But you need to come and understand God's Word. You need to come and rejoice in God's Word. And then you need to come and obey God's Word. And if you don't do that, well, the Lord's not gonna force feed you. It's in front of you. It's yours to enjoy. It's yours to reject. Yeah, they had a great revival. Did it last? Well, for a time. <laughs> Revivals don't last forever. Someone once asked Billy Sunday, the evangelist, if his revivals lasted. He said, no. Neither does a bath, but it's good to have one occasionally, right? <laughs> so it's good to go back and say, Lord, revive me again and again and again. I think we had to close by asking Him to revive us. I know that I need constant revival. You do too, by the way. We all do. Our church does. The church does. And America needs an awakening. Let it start with us. But let me close with this. Some of you that have joined us, some of you watching us right now, you may not have this relationship with God we've been talking about. You've been trying to find happiness without God. You've been trying to find happiness in a bottle. You've been trying to find happiness in a medication of some kind, legal or illegal. You've been trying to find happiness in illicit experiences. You've been trying to find happiness through material things. Or you've been trying to find it through accomplishments or, or whatever it is and you haven't found it. And here's a newsflash, you never will. God pre-wired you to know Him and everything you're looking for is right in front of you in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ was born in that manger of Bethlehem. He walked the streets of Jerusalem and then He died in a cross outside of the walls of Jerusalem for the sin of the world for your sin and for mine. And if I'll turn from my sin, he will come and live inside of me. And listen to this. Your name will be written in the book of life. And if your name is written in the book of life when you die, God will say, enter in to the joy of the Lord. And if your name is not written in the book of life, he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. It's your choice. You want your name in the book? You want your sin forgiven? You want this happiness you've been seeking? It's right here. Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose again from the dead is here with us right here, right now, ready to come into your life and forgive you of all of your sins. And you need to ask Him in. So we're gonna close in prayer and I'm gonna extend an invitation for you to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. So let's all bow our heads. So Father, I pray 
for everyone here, everyone watching, wherever they are. If they don't have this relationship with you, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict them and convince them of their need for you and help them to come to you and believe so their name can be written in your book. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer to close today's study. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg can lead you in that right now. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for His forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want Him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as Savior and Lord, as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've just prayed those words with Pastor Greg, the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. The Bible says Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we'd like to send you some materials to help you begin to live this new life. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet. If you've prayed for the first time today with Pastor Greg, we'll send it your way free of charge. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, we'll see the story of Nehemiah included a massive call to prayer and yielded dramatic results. We'll see what we can learn from that next time. But before we go, here's Pastor Greg closing today's program with a word of prayer. We talked about revival, and and I think we should pray that God will revive us now because we need it, and we need it each and every day. You know what? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the evangelist in me. I love to lead people in prayers because it marks things in time. So I'll I'll lead you guys in a prayer if you would like to do that. And and you could pray it out loud after me, and it's a prayer for revival. Uh, Don't pray it if you don't mean it. By all means, don't. But if you do mean it and you want this revival in your life, you want to be rekindled, you want to be restored, then pray this prayer out loud after me. Let's all pray. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, I need personal revival. And I need it now. So fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for your word. Give me a passion for prayer. Give me a passion to share my faith. Restore me. Revive me. Empower me. I commit myself to you now. And I receive it from you. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Oh, Father, we've prayed this prayer just like the folks did back in the book of Nehemiah. And you filled them and you blessed them. So fill us and bless us now as we worship you. For we ask it in your name. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Have a Personal Spiritual Revival. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.